side I don't know who's crew I ain't got no one that I can trust I got my guard up so high Can't even be with you Take me Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything I help. But here's where we'll start. So, of course, I'm going to do my weekly break or my week three breakdown of, you know, the games in the NFL. But where I want to start is Monday Night Football. So the Cowboys destroyed the Eagles with 41-21. And even though, you know, it's a 20-point game, the game was actually a lot. It wasn't as close as that. I know it's crazy to say, seeing as though the Eagles lost by 20, but it, it wasn't that close. But let me, let me, let me, let me, let me be honest about the game. Let me be real. It's not just the game. Let me be honest about what I saw on Monday. First and foremost, Dak is an elite quarterback. Is he top ten? Is he top five? No, but is he a top ten quarterback? I don't know. You can de- I, you can debate that. We we can debate that in another episode. It is what it is. But Dak Pres, it's not Dak Prescott is a elite quarterback, and I say that because when you look at the Dak Prescott that we saw, you know, his first year starting to now, he has improved drastically. He knows when to kill a play. His arm, you know, his accuracy is crazy good. Uh, he he's a solid quarterback. If you need to run, it, he's not the most mobile, but he can get out the pocket and run. Dak is a solid, solid quarterback, and that was that was very apparent. Looking on Monday Night Football, looking at how he looked compared to how Jalen Hurts looked. Jalen Hurts, he was sacked several times. Of course, that's a lot to do with the offensive line, but a lot of that was also because he didn't know when to give up on the play. We know the the big pick six that Trayvon Diggs had. It, it, Jalen Hurts just it doesn't look. I mean, I know he's still young and, and early in his career, but it just doesn't look like he is good enough to be a franchise quarterback because of his decision making. Now, I'm not saying that's not going to change or that can't change or that can't improve. I mean, hell, look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the first few years looked like a garbage quarterback. A lot of people were saying he's going to be a bust in the league because of his accuracy problems, because of his interception problems. Now you look at Josh Allen, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but Josh Allen looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. But I got it. And I, and I always wonder how, how, of course fans are going to be fans, you know what I mean? Like Fans are always going to ride for your team. I get that. You know, I understand a fan is going to be a fan. That's just how fandom is. That's that's how it is. But I always I, I never understand. And it's not just fans. How people always say that this is Dallas's year, you know, like Dallas is finally going to win the Super Bowl this year or it's always something in, to that effect. Dallas is Dallas's year. Now I get the fans. The fans, you know, are fan is short for fanatic. So you're going to ride for your team. But I never understand how people can be so quote unquote delusional, thinking that the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. And then I got it last night. It or not last night, Monday Night Football. It hit me. Dallas has the luxury, right? Dallas is 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 fortunate enough 
to play in a division that had that that as we speak today is by far the worst division in football. Do am, am I saying that you know the the NFC East has holds the worst team? You know, no, no. I mean, every team in the NFC East, even though you know the Giants are zero and three, every team or no one and three, one and two, I think, or they're zero and three, zero and three. Um, now I'm not saying that you know. Then they're not as bad as the Jaguars or or you know the 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 Jets or anything, but Dallas has the luxury of playing in the NFC East. And when you look at the NFC East, Dallas has a lot of the best, I guess you can say, in the NFC East. They have the best quarterback. I mean that should I mean you have Dak, uh, Daniel Jones, Tyler Heineke, and Jalen Hurts. They have the best offensive line. They have the best receiving core. Due to Saquon Barkley's injury and how he's looked, of course, coming back from injury, Dallas has the best running back. And through three weeks of the season, which is surprising to me, Dallas has had the best defense in the the, the NFC East. And I say that's surprising to me because I don't know if you remember, but I I was on record, and of course, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. But I was on record saying that Washington was going to be the best team because mainly because of their defense. But we'll talk about that a little later. That's not been the case. So I can say that for the first three weeks, Dallas has the best defense in the NFC East. And what Dallas does is they capitalize on being on the NFC East. They capitalize because I think Dallas, I think Dak Prescott is twelve and one against the NFC East in his career. Twelve and one. So he, I mean, whether it's Washington, the the Giants, uh, Philly, he just the Dallas Cowboys when Dak Prescott is playing feasts on the NFC East, and because of that. People have a warped scent or a warped vision of the Dallas Cowboys. They think, well, because the Dallas Cowboys, it's like I'm trying to I'm trying to give you the you know what it is. You ever have a let's I'm not going to single out to women. So you ever have a guy group, right? A guy group. And there's four people in the group. And then you can always tell that there's one like he's the leader of the group. Like He is. He's the, I guess you can say he's the best looking guy in the group. You can tell that he is, he's, the, he's probably, his stature is a little bit higher in the group than everyone else. Right? But don't let it fool you. When that guy gets out of the group and goes to a group where, you know, he may not be the, the quote unquote best, that guy's true or true value, I guess you can say, is exposed. What do I mean by that? Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys feasts on the NFC East, which allows them to be in contention to be in the playoffs year after year after year after year. I mean, they're not a bad team. It's just they feast on the NFC East. And because of that, a lot of their deficiencies go without like you. You can it's fine. You can you don't have to to Mike McCarthy is not that good of a coach. 
he has he has uh situational awareness problems he has clock management problems some of the plays they be dialing up whether it's him Kellen Moore some I don't know it's just not the best but because Dak is good and because they're playing in NFC East you can you can you know it's cool you can you can just let it be but again and and, and let's go back to the 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 male and the in the group analogy we see year after year after year how good Dallas looks when they play against the NFC East and they are, the NFC East is the worst division in football but what happens when Dallas plays a team outside the NFC East like what happens when Dallas plays the what was it now again I understand Dak wasn't there but what happens when they play the the Green Bay Packers what happens when they if they play when they play the LA Rams what happens if they play any team outside of the division? That's a good team. I'm not saying like they can play the Jets and and just look mediocre. But you can't say we've seen what they look like against top tier talent. And it's it's it 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 looks drastically different than what it does against playing against the NFC East. So this sounds like hate. I, I know it does. It sounds like hate. Uh, Jay, you're hating on the da- on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know you're a Washington fan, so you're no. This is not hate. This is me being real. This is realism. This is me being honest. The Dallas Cowboys is not a bad team. They're not a bad team at all. They're a really good team. Don't get me wrong. But when you put them up against a Rams or Seattle or uh, Green Bay or the the Bron- uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's let's talk about that game for a second. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Yes, Dallas lost, and it was a close game. But as you saw, Tampa Bay was able to make those timely plays. The timely plays where there's always a couple plays in the game that can win you or lose you a game. It seemed like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to make all those plays. Hell, Tom Brady was able to drive down with like a minute left and kick a field goal to win the game. Like Dallas, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, were able to make those plays that Dallas just weren't able to make. Even though Dallas did come back, they were not able to make the big plays in the big moments. You don't have to worry about that going against Tyler Heineke or going against Jalen Hurts or going against Daniel Jones in that defense. Like you don't have to worry about that. There was a lot of plays. Let's 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 go back to the Chargers, Chargers and Cowboys game. There's a lot of plays that should have like they they should have won. But because I mean, and that's why the game was so close. The if you look at rosters and the, the Dallas Cowboys has a better team than the Chargers. But they weren't able to make the big plays. Or let me say this. The Chargers weren't able to make the big plays, but we also know that the Chargers have a long-standing history of not being able to make those big plays. So I'm not here discrediting Dallas. 
Don't hear me. If Dallas makes a long a, 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 a long run in the playoffs, I will be the first person to come in here and 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 give them their praise. And I'm also kind of giving their praise now. I mean, Dallas again. Dallas is a good team. Dallas is is leaps and bounds the best team right now in the division. They uh, will definitely be in the playoffs unless something catastrophic happens. But D- Dallas has been the best overall team in the NFC East. And Dak Prescott is an elite quarterback. If people that say that Dak Prescott, you can you can debate all day if he's top 10, top whatever. But you, what you cannot debate at this point is, is he an elite quarterback? Dak Prescott has shown that he's an elite quarterback. If you think he's not an elite quarterback, you just don't like Dallas or you don't like Dak Prescott or you just haven't really been watching. But he is an elite quarterback. Dallas, Pre- I mean Dallas Prescott. Dak Prescott can be, at least it seems like he can be the quarterback of a championship caliber team. That's what. That's at least what it seems like throughout or to this point of his career. But let's not don't let it fool you. That's 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 kind of the 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 where I'm at with it. Don't let it fool you. You're gonna look good. A, a nice car is gonna look good. A nice new car is gonna look good in a junkyard. And the NFC East is a junkyard. But does that nice shiny car still look good at a car show? That is is the Dallas Cowboys. It's the nice shiny Nissan. Let's say that. Dallas is the nice shiny Nissan in a in a junkyard. But how good is that Nissan going to look at a car show? When you're going up against the Brady's and the the Russell Wilsons, the 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 Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jacksons. And I'm not just saying the quarterback. I'm not comparing Dak to those quarterbacks. I'm comparing the Dallas Cowboys to those teams. So But <laughs> with all that being said, congratulations to Dallas for winning for beating the Eagles. Now, let me let me go over to the Eagles side before I conclude with this team or conclude with this game I kind of I I spoke to it you know the Jalen Hurts I just don't I think that Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback I just don't think that he has you know I don't think that he's improved enough to be a franchise quarterback and I'm gonna put there's like a basket of teams that fooled me (laughs) teams that week one definitely fooled me and the Eagles are most definitely in that basket. I'll talk about it a little later, but the the Steelers are in that basket. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles they looked like gangbusters against the Atlanta Falcons week one. I think they beat the Atlanta Falcons what like thirty two to six in Atlanta, and I was like, or thirty two to three or something like that, and I was like. This team, I may have, and I came on here saying I may have been wrong about the Eagles. The Eagles looked great week one. They looked, their defense was explosive. Jalen Hurts and that offense looked great. And I was like, hey, maybe the NFC East isn't as bad as I thought. 
maybe the Philadelphia Eagles can challenge to be atop the NFC East. Well, <laughs> we sit here with week three concluded, and um, let me tell you all I need to know about the. Let me tell you about the NFC. Let me tell you about the Eagles. Their head coach probably shouldn't be a head coach. What Nick Soriani? He he probably shouldn't be a head coach. I don't know what he'd be talking about. I don't know the plays he'd be running. His He doesn't really make adjustments like that. Shouldn't be a head coach. Their offensive line, they just lost uh, another player for the season, unfortunately. So I hope he gets back uh, better than ever. But their offensive line is god-awful. A lot of those... I don't know how many times... Every, it's kind of seemed like on Monday Night Football, it kind of seemed like every positive play that the Eagles had was brought back because of a holding call from the offensive line. Jalen Hurst was hurried damn near every play. He was, he, it it was, it was bad, man. It was bad. Their defense, oh man, their defense. You know, uh, but going into the season, I was, I was, a lot of people told me that I was too, too, I was unharshly, uh, I was un, I was pretty harsh. Let me say this. I was pretty harsh to the Eagles, you know, saying that they didn't really have, you know, talent at really any position, which which isn't true. I mean, you have Devontae Smith, who's looked good or decent this year. Zach Ertz has looked OK this year. Uh, Rager. Uh, but even in that, man. The running was it Miles Sanders had. Two runs, and I don't think he rushed the ball the the, the rest of the game. Like I, the Eagles, are, the Eagles suck. <laughs> like the Eagles, ah, the Eagles are horrible, man. And I don't know where they go from here. Again, you just this is a first year coach, so of course he's gonna have another uh, another time. Now we have to see. Um, if he's going to improve, because it could just be his first year. But it just doesn't seem, he doesn't seem good. He doesn't really seem like he's a head coach. So, uh, but the Eagles, man. Shouts out to Dallas for being the Eagles. Let's 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 continue the breakdown. Let's continue the breakdown. We have the Tennessee Titans beat the Indianapolis Colts 25-16. to 16. This is starting to look like this is we're start this is starting to look familiar as far as the Tennessee Titans. I think what we're three weeks in and Derrick Henry is about to rush for four hundred yards, or either he's close to rushing as or just eclipsed four hundred yards. No, he's close to close to getting four hundred yards in week three. So who the Tennessee Titans are starting to 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 do this you know win the way that they win smash mouth football, you know. Derrick Henry runs it up your throat. Uh, while you do have, you know, now AJ Brown is out with a hamstring. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. However, but you do have uh, Julio Jones, so you, you're not really calling upon Julio to now. Of course, for fantasy owners, Julio, you know, you you not calling, you not calling for Julio. You know, Julio Jones is not there to to be a a, a top wide receiver. He's there to be a safety net. Their best player or their most important player is Derrick Henry, as we're seeing him getting 25, 26, 41 carries a game. So, but, but 
it is a good safety net to have Julio Jones, who at one point was the best wide receiver in the league for a while. So, you know, and for the Colts, man, I don't. It, it kind of feels like beating a dead horse, man. That Carson Wentz is not good. Their offensive line, which has Quentin Nelson, who is arguably the best offensive lineman in the league. Their offensive line is good. It's just the fact that, one, Carson Wentz has not been good, and is he, he's regressed trem- tremendously since his his uh, before the injury, let's say that. Their, their wide receiver core with T.Y. Hilton be out is really Zach Pascal or – Oh, and and he's done his best, but in the defense, but with the defense, man, it's like when you're on the field so much because the offense can't capitalize on your turnovers and, and can't capitalize on the sacks, like you're going to get tired. That's what happens with, that's what happens with, with the bears a lot. Your defense is so good, but your offense isn't matching. So it, it just, uh, I feel bad for them. But, and they're 0-3 solely, I'm not going to say solely, but mainly because of their offense. So, But like I said, the Tennessee Titans beat the Colts 16-3. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Giants 17-14. to This was probably the hardest game to watch because both teams tried to lose. Both teams didn't really want to win. You're the Atlanta Falcons. You drafted, you drafted what Kyle Pitts fourth overall, and he I think he only had like two, two or three receptions, and they didn't come until like the fourth quarter. And the Giants, man. Oh, and the Atlanta Falcons offensive line still garbage. Matt 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 Ryan still isn't playing well, and their defense is still arguably the worst defense in the league. But the the Giants, man. Again, you're not going to give up on Daniel Jones because it's Week Three. But Daniel Jones, he's only had one good game, and that was against the the Washington Football Team, in which they lost. Uh, Sterling Shepard got hurt, and he has been your. Even though Kenny Galladay is supposed to be your best wide receiver, uh, he you know uh, Shepard has been your best wide receiver, but he's hurt, so we don't know how long he's gonna he's gonna be out. There's there's not a lot of positive. Saquon Barkley did have a solid game, but it doesn't really matter when you're playing behind arguably the worst offensive line in the league, so. And because you're playing against the worst, or playing behind the worst offensive line, yes, it was a good game. You know, he had a, a decent game against the Falcons, but he hasn't, as in Saquon Barkley, hasn't done much this entire year. And of course, he's getting back from injury, so he's still trying to gain trust in that knee. But the the Giants suck. And it goes back to the NFC East, man. The NFC East is not a good division. And the Giants, this should, though, you know, I'm starting to put the Falcons, even though the Falcons have talent, I'm starting to put the Falcons in that class with the Jets and the and the, the Jaguars. It's like if you lose to them, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> so, and the Giants lost to them. So 
is that I think that I was trying to find something good to say about the Giants, but there's, I mean, there's not much. Uh, they're zero and three, and I think the worst part about being zero and three with the Giants is they spent so much money. Uh, they spent so much money this offseason. You know, they got the big Kenny Galladay. They they tried to address the offensive line. They made some some moves defensively. Like they they spent all this money on the offseason, and you still are garbage. So, but shouts out to Atlanta, you know, getting their first win. Which, again, yeah. and you know what's you know what's what I'm what what's more con- confusing about Atlanta and their usage of Kyle Pitts. You were comfortable enough allowing Julio Jones to leave. You. Tr- you were comfortable enough allowing that man to leave because you knew Kyle Pitts was coming. And while Kyle Pitts is a tight end, he has a lot of receiver qualities. His speed, his catching ability, his his ability to gain yards after the catch, his frame. You were cool enough because you said, well, we're losing Julio, but we're getting, we still have Calvin Ridley. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting Kyle Pitts. And for the first few, I don't... For the life of me, I don't understand how he's being used the first few weeks, man. Uh, now, a lot of the, <laughs> some of this frustration is, of course, because I drafted uh, Kyle Pitts for my fantasy. But it's not just that, man. It's 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 the fact that I f- <laughs> you're already OK. So the offensive lines already sucks. You already have Cal- Calvin really getting double teamed. It's like why not use a tight a, a quick tight end? You see how you see how Darren Waller is being used. You see how Kyle, uh, Travis Kelsey is being used. You see how George Kittle is being used. Why would you? And I'm not saying that Kyle Pitts is on their level at this point, but why would you not? He has all the skill sets of a Darren Waller. Why would you not use him more? I, it it behooves me. <laughs> But the Chargers, I think that the 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 sound the alarm game that a lot I'm starting to see is the Chargers and the Chiefs game. The Chargers beat the Chiefs uh, 24 to oh no 30 to 24, uh, and a lot of people are starting to sound the alarm for the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are this is the first time that they are under 500. I think in in Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, of course, they're on a two-game losing streak. Patrick Mahomes threw what two interceptions? Even though one of those interceptions was was definitely uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire fault. Clyde Edwards-Helaire also fumbled the ball. Um, they had they had what three turnovers? And of course, when you're playing against a Justin Herbert in that offense, they're going to capitalize on said turnovers if 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 they're not having a taunting penalty. <laughs> but I'm starting I'm I'm hearing a lot of overreactions like, you know, the Chiefs are garbage and uh you know, this is the real Chiefs. Let me let me first say this. Chill out. <laughs> the Chiefs ain't that bad. The Chiefs are gonna be fine. The Chiefs are fine. But I will say this though, and this is this is I said this last episode. 
Patrick Mahomes is the great equalizer as far as Patrick Mahomes is a, no, he, he's not the great equalizer. Patrick Mahomes is the great blanket. He's able because he's so good and because that offense is so good. He is able to to cover and mask a lot of the deficiencies that the Chiefs have. The problem is if he plays bad or has a bad game or the Chiefs have some bad possessions, you kind of take the if the blanket is not blanketing, then everything gets exposed. And that's what happened on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes usually will make the big plays, usually doesn't have a lot of turnovers, usually makes the crazy no-look passes. That's what he usually does, and it usually it, it, it usually manifests in wins. But when you turn the ball over, when your offense stalls, then the problems are exposed. And what are the problems for the Chiefs? First and foremost, the Chiefs have the worst red zone defense in the league. If you're if you're if you're the, an opposing team and you're in the red zone, you're gonna score. That's just how it's you're gonna score. It, it and it's been like that for what the last two three years. It's just like I said when Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and it's it's okay to okay you can kind of overlook the the deficiencies of the defense. Another problem, they don't have a running game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a small wide receiver, I mean small running back, who at least for the last two games has had a turnover problem. There's a You know it's a problem when they use a lot of wild, or not a lot, they use wildcat a lot and they use Tyreek Hill a lot as, as, as some run packages, even though he's a wide receiver. Or McCole Harmon as a running back, even though he's a wide receiver. All of this is okay, and all of this, let me say this, all of this is not a problem when you have Patrick Mahomes playing at the level that Patrick Mahomes usually plays. When you get the usual Patrick Mahomes, you know, doing the incredible stuff, getting four or five touchdowns, that's... you. It doesn't matter if you're in a shootout because you have Patrick Mahomes, but you're in a shootout because the defense can't get big stops. It doesn't matter if your wide receiver, I mean, if your running back turns the ball over because you have Patrick Mahomes. Even if they score, you're going to come back and score right back. I mean, they were down, what, like 14-0 or like 17-3 or something, came back, took the lead, and lost the game because the defense couldn't get big stops. Now, Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, he did throw, have an interception where it was kind of behind the you know, the whole no-look pass, even though the receiver touched the ball, like, with his hands. Uh, it was kind of behind it, so it was a tough pass. But let's just chill out on the, the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs suck. Patrick Mahomes, you know, it, this isn't the Chiefs' year. Now, this, you know, the, this I will say that this year is a lot more tougher as far as the competition but let's just chill out with the Chiefs all right the Chiefs just Patrick Mahomes this is what the first time Patrick Mahomes had a bad game you can say what about the what about the um what about the the Ravens game 
but that really wasn't a bad game as much as a couple and it goes back to this game. It goes back to the Chargers. A couple of in, a couple of mistakes cost them a game. Even in in and in, in a couple of a couple of timely mistakes cost them a game. Especially for the Ravens. For the Chargers, it was Patrick Mahomes was not able to mask the problems that the the Kansas City Chiefs frequently face. Oh, and shouts out to Andy Reid. You know, he went to the hospital after for like dehydration or something. Uh, reports are he's out the hospital back home, um, you know, feeling better. So shouts out to him. But the Chargers, you know, the Chargers and the Chargers are a good team. Even even though they I th- I feel they should have beat the Cowboys. They're two and they're two and one at this point. They're a good team. Justin Herbert is great. Mike Mike Wallace or Mike Williams, I told you, if he stays healthy, look what he looks like. Keenan Allen, uh, the running game is is it's, been, it's a good team. Their defense still needs some improvement, but you know Rashawn Slater has looked really good in the offensive line. Like it's it's a good team. So, but shouts out to the Chargers for being the Chiefs and 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 for people chill out with the Chiefs. Oh, chill out with the overtakes and the you know Patrick Mahomes garbage takes like. All right. Chill out. Like this is the same Patrick Mahomes has been in two straight Super Bowls. Won one, lost one, of course, but yeah. So so the Bengals beat the Steelers twenty four to ten. You know, Ryan Clark made a made a good point. And a lot of T V analysts have made a good point talking about the Steelers. You know, we kill teams for making organizational blunders or sticking with somebody too long. Like we we kill teams for 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 doing things that's not cohesive to winning for for some reason. Like we we killed the Houston Texans for this Deshaun Watson incident. Like this this whole Deshaun Watson saga. Thinking like, yo, why is he still on this team? This is week three now. He has he clearly showing no no instant like he's not coming back. So why is he still on the team? We're killing them for that. It will help the organization to get him off the team and get back something. We killed the bear, and we'll talk about the bears in a second. But we killed the bear. We're killing the bears for their their treatment of the quarterback position. We're killing the lions. We killed the lions for their treatment of Calvin Johnson, who's not even there anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's loyalty. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it seems like the Steelers are the last team to the part or to this. Um, the last team to this Ben Big Ben doesn't have it anymore. Party. I don't know what. I don't know what game film they're watching. I don't know what what what. I, I don't know what it is. And why did I talk about? all these other teams and, and we kill them, right? 
everyone knew everyone even even Steelers fans knew that Big Ben is he doesn't have it anymore last year last year I don't know I don't know I guess it was that 11 and 0 start but Big Ben has not had it for a while now Big Ben can't throw the ball downfield. He's not mobile at all. And the thing that made him quote unquote Big Ben was the 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 thing that he did better than a lot of people was he was able to take contact and not go down because of his size. That's not the case anymore. And you look at you know, you look at them losing to the to the uh Bengals 24 to 10 and you can uh, people say wait wait what was their defense a lot of their key defensive players like TJ Watt was out and we're starting to see that Big Ben cannot pick it up and if you look at their offense man outside the offensive line because their offensive line is horrible but Najee Harris had a good game it but it was Big Ben and their offense is not that bad. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have Claypool. You have Johnson. You have Najee Harris. It's just Big Ben. And it, it's starting to become organizational male practice that, you're, that you continue to, I don't know if it's insanity. I don't know what it is. But you're continuing to, try, to, to tell the fans that Big Ben is the answer. When everyone in the organization, well, no, let me not say the organization, Everyone, the, all the fans, all everyone that's watching football can see that Big Ben does not have it anymore. He is he does not have the arm strength. He is not he's never been a mobile quarterback. But now more than ever, he is not a mobile quarterback. He he is hurting the team. He is a big reason why the Steelers are one and two. Him and that offensive line, but him a, a lot of the cases him. I'm not understanding roster wise. The Steelers are a better team than the Bengals. That's why I I was hesitant to put the Steel. The Steelers right now are the worst division in the in in the NFC AFC North by a wide margin, and a lot of that is because of Big Ben. I'm not here. I'm not trying to trash Big Ben. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to 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 trash the Steelers organization. I'm telling the truth. There's no way that you can look at the first not just look at the season, look at last year. You know what? This is what you have to do. This is what people have to do. This is what the Steelers organization has to do. Put your blinders on. Let's not look at that let's not look at the record, okay? Let's not look at last year's record. Just look at the game film. Look at everything that we saw last year. Don't look at the record. Look at everything we saw last year and look at everything that we're seeing this first 3 3 weeks of the season. Do you think forget the legacy, forget the name. Do you think Big Ben has played like a franchise quarterback? That can win you a team, by the way, that is a good team. Has Big Ben been the quarterback that can get you to where you need to go? If they say yes, then hey, 
Hey, okay. And this was this was the this is one of the biggest reasons why I was so confused and skeptical about Najee Harris. I'm not saying not Najee Harris is a great running back. He's a really good running back, all time great at Alabama, great running back. I think he and don't think he was the best running back in the draft. I understand it. You lose James Conner, I get it. But one of the biggest reasons why James Conner and the running game in general was so bad last year was because of their offensive line. And you did very little to address that in the draft when the draft was littered with great offensive linemen. That's that's kind of the reason why I I I I was so confused and 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 questioned the Jamar Chase pick for the for the Bengals. Now Jamar Chase has been really good this year. Don't don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase has been great this year. As far as the regular season, because we we know how bad he was, you know, off season and uh, in the preseason. As far as you know, dropping the ball. But Jamar Chase has been great this year. But the questions and the problems that I I have with the Bengals are still there. Joe Burrow be running for his life. So I thought that, you know, with Rashawn Slater there, with Panay Soul, you, you, you can at least, it, it, it'll be better. With the Steelers, man, Big Ben is the problem. And I I get the whole legacy thing, I, I, I guess. I get the fact that you don't want him to go out sad or whatever like that. But... Big Ben is the problem. And the worst part about it is this is a good team. Outside of the offensive line, this team is talented enough when healthy to be a Super Bowl caliber team. The reason why it's not a Super Bowl caliber team is because of Ben Roethlisberger. That's there's there's no other way to put it. Big Ben is costing them a chance uh, to 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 make noise not only in the 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 AFC in general but the AFC North. They're the only team in the AFC North with a losing record. And if you look at their team in general, you could argue that they are the second best team in the division as far as if you just look at their team and their roster. But because Big Ben has been Big Ben. They're one and two. Bro, did you see? <laughs> you see the meme going around of Big Ben trying to run right and and throw and like him tripping over himself. Oh. it's bad, man. It's bad, and the Steelers are not going to go anywhere if they continue to put their all their eggs in the Big Ben basket. Because, and that's the thing. That what you're hoping at this point is Dwayne Haskins is your future. This this would have been the if you wanted to go with a positional player, this would have been the year. This draft would have been the year to to get a, a quarterback because if you're looking, it's not looking too good this year. It's not these quarterbacks ain't looking too good. So I don't. You're you're hoping and praying that Dwayne Haskins is the guy, even though we've seen Dwayne Haskins be that guy and what came about it. Now, I understand it's Washington, but 
a lot of the reasons why Dwayne Haskins didn't work in Washington was off the field issues. And you're hoping that Dwayne Haskins is your future, which even even on the field, his decision making isn't the greatest. So the Steelers are in a in a tough position, but they're in a, they're in a tough position because they put themselves in this position. Still putting their eggs in that in that uh, big Ben basket, man. It, it don't make no sense. Damn, it don't make no sense. <laughs> I think it's just uh, I'm not even a Steelers fan. It's just frustrating to watch because everyone outside of the Steelers organization, from the fans to the analysts to other teams, know that Big Ben is done over the hill. Yet the Steelers are still trying to trot out Big Ben when they should have gave up on him last year. And the quarters is kept. You could have gave up on him a year before last. Because the decline started, it didn't just start last year. Again, do not look at that 11-0 start because a lot of that was because they had a high-powered defense. And they were doing a lot of slants and a lot of two, you know, ten yard passes that you know Claypool was turning to fifty yards, Johnson was turning into fifty yards. Like it really wasn't because of Ben. So, but yeah, shout out to the Bengals <laughs> for being. So, uh, the Browns beat the Bears twenty six to six. This, this, this. I think this is probably the noisiest game of the of the week. I say noisiest because of the 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 noise that's coming out of this game. Now the pro now shouts out to the Browns, but this game was not about the Browns. This game was about the Bears. It was about the fact that Justin Justin Fields had his first career start. Now, how did it go? <laughs> oh man, um, I will say this: Justin Fields looked better than I thought he would. His first career start against a defense that is the Browns. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying he looked good, but he looked better than he, he didn't look like he he didn't look like he was too big for or the moment was too big for him. Let me say that he didn't he didn't look scared or anything. He you know he looked good for him. Now, with that being said, <laughs> I talked about the Giants' offensive line being probably the worst. Or or and we'll talk about Seattle in a second, but that Bears offensive line, yo, just Justin Fields was sacked nine times, and sometimes when you look at that, you think, all right, well, a lot of those sacks were because you know he probably tried to extend the play too long, uh, he probably hold the he was he was holding the ball too long, he could have, you know, sometimes rookie quarterbacks kind of. Uh, run into sacks even you know like they'll go into a pocket or stay in the pocket longer than they're supposed to that you you see that a lot for rookie quarterbacks or younger quarterbacks and that's the thing that was so concerning to me on Sunday was that wasn't the case for for Justin Fields most of probably eight out of those nine sacks were just the the, the offensive line just broke down like he was he would hike the ball and within one second there is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett had what four and a half sacks on the day, I think. Miles Garrett alone. That offensive line 
was terrible. And a lot of people are are now killing Matt Nagy. I mean, you heard Dan Orlowski uh, on on was it? Uh, I think he got on Get Up. They're they're calling for Matt Nagy's job. Now, I'm not one to call for anybody's job unless like it, it really needs to be like they really need to go. And I will say that it it is a little it is and we talked about this last episode. It is a little weird to me that this I mean, even after the game, he's pretty much saying that, you know, all three quarterbacks are in play to play on Sunday, meaning Justin Fields, Nick Foles, who is their backup, and Andy Dalton, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, dude. Does that mean that all three of them are getting first team reps in practice? I don't I don't understand. Um and there were some situations, you know, and some of the play calling that just it didn't really seem like they were in they were uh, making adjustments or improving uh throughout the game, which I understand why people would be calling Matt Nagy's job, not to mention that the Bears as as a team should not be one and two. I mean, they did have a tough schedule out, but you know they, they they shouldn't be wanting to um but i get that but it's hard it's hard to not look at what i saw i mean i saw how bad they looked i mean that offensive line the bears offensive line and a lot of that was not on daniel jones i mean not daniel jones a lot of that was not on justin fields a lot of that wasn't justin fields you know extending a play too long it was he literally had no time like none so I don't. The Bears are in a tough spot, man. Because if you don't fix that offensive line, it don't matter if if Justin Fields is back there. It don't matter if Joe Montana's back there. It doesn't matter if Tom Brady's back there. If that offensive line doesn't get addressed or fixed, ain't ain't no success coming in Chicago. Like none. Uh, but the only positive I can say out of that was Justin Fields didn't look like the moment was too big for him. You know, he didn't. He wasn't trying to trying to force anything. I think he did have an interception, but. You know, it was probably because he was running for his life. So, you know, that's 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 that, man. Um, I just don't uh, that that offensive line is horrible. So, I mean, nine sacks and most of that wasn't most of those sacks, if not all of those sacks were because of the offensive line. It wasn't because of Justin Fields, which is crazy to me. So uh, the, the, the the biggest the best ending, I guess you can say, uh, was the Ravens and the Lions. Now the Ravens beat the Lions 19 to 17 and going into this game the Ravens the Ravens all season have been dealing with injuries like from Marcus Peters to the damn near the entire running game like they've they've dealt with all injuries pretty much and going into this game there was more like their offensive lineman was out uh of course the running backs but and there was a couple of defensive players so this was one of those games where I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost this game, even though, you know, the Lions are the Lions. Um, the Lions have been playing hard. The Lions had a chance to beat the 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 Green Bay Packers last week. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Ravens lost this game. Not the also, you know, a lot of key players are injured, like especially on the defensive side of the ball with Jared Goff. You know, I, I would not have been surprised if the Ravens lost the game. And it was looking like the Ravens were going to lose that game. I mean, it was a slugfest. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he did what he could do. Um, oh, Marquise Brown, bro, dropped three crucial passes, two of which were, were touchdowns. Like he dropped, like hit his hand and just dropped. That's I'm like, bruh, 
you got to that's that's why, you know, Rashad Bateman and 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 Boinkins and getting that receiving core healthy is so vital for the Ravens because when you have that happen, bruh, they lost so the Ravens won 1917. You put two more touchdowns, it's a blowout. The way that it ended didn't have to end, didn't have to be how it ended. If you would have just cast the ball, Marquise Brown. And but but again, going into the game, you would I wouldn't have been surprised if the Ravens lost his game, seeing as the launch the the CVS receipt uh that is their injury report. But because of the big play from Lamar Jackson, because of big plays from Lamar Jackson, timely plays from Lamar Jackson, timely plays from the defense, and of course Justin Tucker kicking the longest field goal in NFL history at 66 yards, they won. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about the 66-yard kick, which they should. Justin Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker has kind of cemented himself in being one of the greatest uh, kickers ever From when we talk about accuracy to, um, to just availability. Justin Tucker is one of the greatest kickers of all time I'm not saying you know I'm not saying he is the greatest of course you can throw out Adam Benatari uh there, there's a lot of great kickers um but Justin Justin Tucker is definitely up there and and when when you know I think it's it's not a question that he is I think they, they asked him a question after the game like are you the greatest and and he said you know he he needs a little longer longevity, but he does feel like he didn't say it, but I feel like he's on that proje- proje- trajectory to be the greatest kicker ever. I mean, again, he's automatic. That's ju- anybody that that hears Justin Tucker's name understands that that's that's pretty much automatic. But let's not let's not. Let, yes, yes, the 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 longest kick in NFL history was great, and I'm not I'm not. Let's, I'm not saying don't take away from that, but let's let's look at a lot of people will look at that game and not look at the great play from Lamar Jackson. Again, you're pretty much number one receiver at this point. Dropped two passes, and if it wasn't for him converting a what fourth and nineteen to Sammy Watkins, that kick wouldn't have mattered. Fourth, in fact, that kick wouldn't have happened. Fourth and nineteen. Shouts out to Lamar Jackson. Shouts out to the Baltimore Ravens. They played a hell of a game. And, uh, hey, it's 66 yards is nothing to scoff at, seeing as though it is the longest kick in NFL history. So, shouts out to them. The Saints beat the beat the Patriots 28-13. to And I talked about this last episode. We don't know what this – at least these first three weeks, you don't know what Saints you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get the Saints from week one or you're going to get the Saints from week two. Those are two drastically different Saints. And the Saints that we got was, you know, Jameis Winston didn't lose in the game. He had a, a, a really good, you know, crazy touchdown that he had um, where he was pretty much draped from a or draped. They had a defensive player draped on him and he still did it. And what we're starting to see is what we thought we would see is Mac Jones is not ready to be a starting quarterback. Uh, that defense is good. The running game is good, even though they did lose uh, what hair was it Harris. They did lose their running back uh, looks like for the season. So I hope that he recovers well, but 
Mac Tur- Mac Mac Turner. Mac Jones is not a starting quarterback right now. He and and they're one and two. And it, you know, shouts out to the Saints and the Saints played a really good game, but which is why the build up to me is so funny. I, I get is the the return of of Tom Brady um coming back to 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 Gillette. I get that, you know. I I understand the history and everything and I understand of course they're going to big it up, but for people that think that's going to be a good game, no. No, they the the Patriots are going to get destroyed. Just know that. So, but shout out to the Saints for being the Patriots. Uh, Cardinals beat the Jaguars. That's that's nothing. I mean, uh, the Cardinals are now three and zero. I think Kyler Murray is in the running to be MVP at this point. Um, Trevor Lawrence did look better this game, but he did again. He did have a pick six. Uh, The Jaguars, as an organization or as a team in general, are pretty bad. So, you know, I I expected that. Um. You know, I talked about this earlier. Don't let week one, you know, week one shouldn't shouldn't warp your entire thinking of a team. And that statement is no more is 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 beyond true right now when we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, because the Buffalo Bills beat the Washington football team 43 to 21. And kind of like last night, or kind of like Monday Night Football, even though the Bills won by 22, the game was not that close. The Bills is one of the, the Bills are one of the best teams in the AFC. Like that's, don't let that first game fool you with the Steelers because we see what the Steelers look like now compared to what the Bills look like. The Bills just put up what, I think they're averaging like 40 points a game right now. Like 30-something points a game. I love the last two. They had 30-plus points in each game. Josh Allen is looking like Josh Allen. Emmanuel Sanders looking big. Stephon Diggs is looking big. Devin Singletary is, is looking important. Like, it, their defense is, is looking good, which was their weakness. The Bills look good. The Bills look like the team that I thought they would be going into the season. I thought that they would be... I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the AFC Championship. I predicted that they could definitely get to the AFC Championship, if not make it to the Super Bowl. And they're looking like it, at least the first, you know, the first three weeks outside of week one, they're looking good. The Washington football team. I'm not even... I'm not surprised the offense looks like how it looks. Uh, Tyler Heineke... Is, is is still a backup. Uh, we even going into the season, I was so confused as to why are you trusting your organization. That to me is a really good roster. Why are you trusting that to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyler Heineke and Kyle Allen? You know, I, that was my question. What I'm not, what is surprising to me. As we sit here three weeks in, Washington is one and two. What's surprising to me is how god-awful that defense is. And I would understand if it was just the secondary. You know, like, our secondary isn't the greatest. 
but I would understand if the defensive front was good, still getting sacks and stuff. It's just the secondary wasn't good. No, it is the entire defense from the from the front, like from the secondary to the defensive front. The defense in general is horrible. Has been horrible. They were horrible all three games. They were horrible in the win against the Giants because Daniel Jones looked like looked like Michael Vick. They were horrible giving up big plays against the Chargers. And Josh Allen shredded that team. Like, like it was it, it looked like one team was playing on Hall of Fame mode, the other team was playing on rookie. That's how easy it, Josh Allen made it look. The biggest reason why I thought Washington was going to win the division or at least make it into the playoffs was because their defense was supposed to be so great. When you have Chase Young, uh, Montez Sweat, uh, Jonathan Allen, Dewan, Durain, uh, Payne, like I thought y'all were going to be, you know, Holcomb, I thought y'all were going to be, I thought Washington's defense up front was going to be able to carry them. Their defense as a whole has been awful. In fact, surprisingly, their defense as a whole has been their worst unit. Like, and that is even with Tyler Heineke starting. And that offensive line. Their defense has been their worst unit. And the problem is the offense at this moment is not good enough to mask the defensive deficiencies. So a lot of that on Sunday was the Bills, you know, the Bills being a great team. But a lot of what we've seen throughout the, th- the first three weeks for Washington is their defense has been horrible. Now, of course, you can turn it around. I mean, you have the defensive uh, rookie or defensive rookie of the year last year. That is Chase Young. But uh, what we've seen has been horrible. So, yeah, the Broncos beat the Jets 26 to zero. The Broncos are three and zero, but they've all, every team that they've beat this year is combined zero and zero and zero and nine. But shouts out to Teddy Bridgewater, you know he's he's been good. Melvin Gordon's been good. That defense has continued to be good. Um, and the Jets, I mean, again week after week after week, it's 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 just the Jets are bad. They're off every every unit is bad for the Jets for the offensive line, the running game, the defense, the wide receivers, every the coaching staff has ha, I mean, I can't really say the coaching staff has been bad cuz like I don't know what you have to work with. Zach Wilson high turnover rate again. Like it's the Jets suck. So the Raiders beat the Dolphins 31 to 28. That was an overtime thriller. Uh Derek, I think they were down 14-0. Derek Carr brought him back, um, got to overtime, like I said, and it was a walk or walk off field goal. So shouts out to the Raiders. You know, I'm I'm not I haven't been wrong about Derek Carr. And I haven't really been wrong about the Raiders. What I will say is this I think that we have to wait for the Raiders. I, I will say okay. And me saying I'll be I'll say this. I'm I did not give the Raiders as much credit as I think that they have deserved throughout this first three weeks. I mean, they're three and zero. Derek Carr has looked really good. That's another person, kind of like 
uh, Dak Prescott. Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. I think that because of the the roster that or the roster that's been you know that is the Raiders because of the record that is attached to his name, a lot of people think that you know he's not that good or he's not elite. But kind of like Dak Prescott, Derek Carr is an elite quarterback. I mean, he makes big plays, he makes timely plays, he makes big throws. He's an elite quarterback. Do am I saying he's top five? No. At least he's been top five this season. But am I saying in totality he's a top five? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that Derek Carr has been really good. He's been a great, great quarterback this year. For the for the for the Raiders in general, man, I just say we have to wait because the Raiders always now they're not always three and oh. I think this is the first time since like oh seven. I think they said they're not always three and oh. But the Raiders are always. Always a good team in September with with John. Let me say with John Gruden. Let me not say always, but with John Gruden, they've been really good teams. And they've been like one of the better teams in September. It's just how do they look in the middle of the season towards the end of the season? Like last year, they were really good. A lot of people think that they could have made a deep run in the playoffs. The first, what, three or four, no, four or five weeks. Then they just took a steep decline. So I just say wait on, you know, Again, they looked really good. They looked better than I thought they would this season. So, shouts out to them. You know, again, the Dolphins is not a bad team. Uh, they're Even though they had Jacoby Brissett uh, playing instead of Tua due to injury, the defense had, a, what, a pick six. Uh, they looked good. The, their defense is still, you know, really good as far as in the Dolphins. And But I think that we should, we really, I think we should hold off on on what the Raiders really are the, I will say that I was wrong in the fact of I didn't think they would be as good as they are right now but I want to see is can they continue this will it continue uh you know how are they going to look week week seven week nine week week 15 you know what I mean not to mention they have a tough they have a tough game against the Chargers next week so how are they going to look um but again shouts out to the Raiders for beating the Dolphins 31 to 28 the Vikings beat the Seahawks thirty to seventeen. Now, on paper, you look at the you look at the schedule. I mean, you look at the you know Vikings. You think this is a bad loss. Well, let me say this: this is they, there's no reason the Seahawks should have lost to the Vikings. But I will say the Vikings did lose two really close games. The first game they they should have won. They missed the kick against the um they missed they missed the kick against the the Arizona Cardinals. If if both games would have went their way, it would have been they would have been two and one at this, or yeah, two and one at this point, um or three and three and zero oh, actually. But uh, when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, man, what are they without Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson again, it goes back to the Damian Lillard thing. It's like this team is only as good as Russell Wilson takes them. Their offensive. This is the second game in the row they had a second, or they had a. Um, this is the second game in the row they had a, a a second half collapse. They were up big this game. They were up. They had seventeen points at halftime, and did nothing after in the second half. Their their offensive line broke down. Their defense could not stop Kirk Cousins. Again, this is the second week in a row that it doesn't matter how good Russell Wilson is. He was. DK Metcalf looked like Calvin Johnson the first half. The second half, that the it seemed like the entire receiving core could not create separation. 
Chris Carson looked like an uh, a young Marshawn Lynch the first half. Second half, he couldn't get a two-yard run. That also is because of the offensive line. So, again, this is that's my biggest problem with Seattle. It's like if 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 there's so many factors going against them or going against, I guess you could say, Russell Wilson. Their offensive line is horrible. Their defense has his moments, even with Bobby Wagner, even with Jamal Adams. Their defense has their moments, but their defense is not consistent. And after these first three weeks, they sh- even though Russell Wilson has played really good, they should be one and two because of second-half collapses. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah. The Rams beat the Buccaneers 34 to 24. A lot of people are saying that this could potentially be the NFC Championship uh, preview. Uh, I think that it was, I mean, you're down a lot of players. I know Antonio Brown didn't play. You're down a bunch of corners. That is the Bucks. So going into SoFi Stadium, uh, the electric, you know, I said that, I, I said that this was. Pr- that game was probably going to be Matthew Stafford's biggest game because he's never, uh, unless it's like Thanksgiving, he's never really been in. In fact, no, he's never been in a game, at least a regular season game, this important, this big, with this much at stake. I I understand it's week three, but you're going against your team that has a very big shot to win. It's not like the, the, the Lions where, I mean, your biggest game is, of course, Thanksgiving or or maybe one year you, you lose the game, but another team loses as well. So you make it to the playoffs just to get blown out week one. Um, this was a big game for Matthew Stafford, and he looked incredible. I think that the team as a whole was like 10 for 15 on third downs. Like at the <laughs> Cooper Cup is 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 emerging as one of the top as a top wide receiver in the league. Uh, Robert Wood was great. Deshaun Deshaun Jackson had one of his signature long touchdown uh, catches. Tyler Higby was looking great. Uh, Sonny Michelle was looking great. Like the Bucks, uh, an injured Bucks, because a lot of a lot of players were hurt. They ran into a buzzsaw that was the Rams. Like I don't know how many people. I don't know too many people that would have went into SoFi Stadium on Sunday and won. Seeing as though they were firing on all cylinders, man, and I'm not saying that you know, I'm not saying that because of this, uh, the Bucks are are, are now going to suck. Uh, I know that they're bringing in Richard Sherman, so we'll see if they get a, a deal done with that. Um, also, the Chiefs—I forgot to mention—the Chiefs are bringing in or signed Josh Josh Gordon. I hope this works. You know, I'm one of those people that. I believe in second chance, even though he's had multiple chances. I don't want to see people fail. I don't want to see people's addictions and see people's quote-unquote demons affect their daily life and and have a hindrance to their daily life. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, make jokes and, 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 and bash Josh Gordon for ruining a lot of opportunities. But I, I want everyone to succeed. I want everyone to win. So I hope that you know, this, this next stint, which is the chiefs for Josh Gordon works, but back to the Bron- um, back to the Buccaneers there again, there, I said their biggest weakness was their cornerback position. And, you know, that 
oh, Sunday they lost what two more? It, it, it was it, it was it was they were losing people left and right. Um, but even fully healthy, I don't know if they anybody would have went into SoFi Stadium and beat the Rams. How good they looked on Sunday. So, and I think the best game, the best game. This on week three was the Packers and the 49ers. I think this is probably one of the best games I've ever seen the Packers play in recent memory. And I say that because the Packers are really known to be more of a finesse type team. And and, and that's easy. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Devontae Adams, um, Valdez Scantley, uh, Alan Lazard, Aaron uh, Aaron Jones like you're 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 a high caliber team you're a high scoring team and as we've seen they're not even though they have Zendaria Smith when healthy uh, or the Preston Preston or Smith brothers they're not really a physical team they're not really a, a team where if they if they get smacked in the mouth defensively uh they they're not really ones to 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 smack somebody else back in the mouth outside of the offense, you know. And going into this game, I thought that it was going to be like 2019. 2019 on you know, the the the, the San Francisco 49ers is the better overall team than the Green Bay Packers and it showed. I mean, Green Bay the Green Bay Green Bay was was going up and down the field. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked incredible. They 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 were you know killing him over the top with with uh, Valdez Scaling. I know he had a touchdown and a big play. Alan Lazard had a big play, and of course Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams. the The Green Bay Packers look like the Green Bay Packers outside of I. Th- even though their defense, you know, you lose your second best defender because Uzziah Alexander is their best defender. You lose your second best defender and Zendarius Smith. I just thought that they were they were going to get pushed. I mean, that the offensive line, the team in general that is the 49ers is a better team than the than the uh Green Bay Packers. And I think the only question was, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo looked good. I know Trey Lance had a rushing touchdown. They just, it looked good. The problem is, it's it's just the moments, man. Hey, newsflash to the league, right? (laughs) Newsflash to everybody in the NFL. Every single person in the NFL. Two things. One, do... If 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 Aaron Rodgers has any time <laughs> at the end of a game, any time, you're going to lose the game, or you have a very 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 high percentage of losing that game. If you have any workable, t- if Aaron Rodgers has any time to work with, down, you're gonna. He had what 38 seconds and and won the game. Also, newsflash to all the other teams in the league. If there's a big play that needs to happen, if there is a big moment, Aaron Rodgers, you know what? Let me let me get closer to the mic. I know it's probably going to distort the sound, but let me get closer to the mic. Hey, league, if there is any big play, any t- 
time Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers needs a big play, he's going to number 17, Devontae Adams. I don't understand how teams don't start doubling that. And he's like, but you have Valdev Scantling, you have Alan Lazard, you have Robert Tanyan. Yeah, all of them, none of them are Devontae Adams. None of them. And as you see, time and time and time and time again, if Devontae Adams is healthy and on the field, he is getting the ball late in games. Aaron Rodgers is giving him the ball. Hell, Devontae Adams looked like he was out for the count with that that blatant targeting that wasn't called. And that's nothing. The, the the refs this this week was was wild, man. It was not just that game, but in general, it was wild. But they missed they they were calling everything ticky tack, but they missed a blatant targeting call on Devontae Adams. And they still won. That was probably the one of the more entertaining games. Again, I'm it's unfortunate that that the 49ers won but that was a good game all around again green i will say that some of the some of the question marks to take out of it was green bay i think was up big i think they were up like 17 and came back and 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 they made the 49ers made a game also on top of that the 49ers were down 15 points or 17 points i believe like how no Mm -mm. and and but that was a good game, man. That was that was probably the best game out of the whole week. Um and you know, moving forward, I'm I'm excited to see what, you know, what happens or what comes out of week 2, you know, week 3 of the NFL. So, um that was that was, you know, that was all the games. So, it's moving forward. Oh, man. Um so, let's talk a little bit college football. So, you know, we're in week what? 5, week 4, week 4 or this week will be week 5. And things are starting to shake up how they're shaking up. I mean, Alabama is just beat a team what Southern Mississippi was 63 to 14. Um Oklahoma, I'm starting to realize Oklahoma even though they keep winning, they aren't winning the most beautiful ways that they're winning. I mean, this is yet another close game, yet another even though Spencer Rattler did throw for what 200 and what 56 yards. They did not look good against West Virginia. The same West Virginia that lost to Maryland, which I don't understand. I think Maryland's undefeated and still not ranked. I don't know. But college football starting to shake up. We know the top team other top teams Penn State looks good. Um Ohio State even though they did lose to Oregon. They they look good. Florida looks good. Uh, Oregon again. They just beat Arizona forty one to nineteen. Iowa Iowa looks good. But the question, the team that's been the most disappointing. Let's say that leaps or by far has been Clemson. Clemson, right? Clemson as we speak right now is two and two. And the reason why Clemson has been the biggest disappointment is because of their offense. Their defense has been dominant. Their defense has been the same defense that we're used to seeing from from Clemson. The, the a Dabble Sweeney defense. The the defense has looked the defense has not been the problem. Now, 
going into this game or going into Saturday, you would think, okay, they only lost to Georgia. And right now, Georgia's you can argue that Georgia is looking like the best team, like leaps and bounds. Like Georgia is is destroying anybody they see. Georgia, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia wins a national championship. And that's even with Alabama looking okay or looking good, Oregon looking how they look. Georgia is just looks like a different animal this year. So you would think, okay, they lost to Georgia first game, and they only lost ten to three because of how good the defense looked. You know, we can we can. There's still a shot for Clemson to make the college football playoffs. Maybe it's you know first game that DJ uh, a ukulele. He's first game that he you know starting under his regime. Uh, I would understand. And then, of course, next next week, smacking South Carolina State, uh, what forty nine to three. I'm like, okay, they're back. But then you play Georgia Tech, and you only score fourteen points. You won fourteen to eight, and Georgia Tech had a chance to win and should have won. They kind of they kind of uh, threw that one up. But then you lose to North, uh, unranked North Carolina State. And you lose what an overtime twenty seven to twenty one. I'm not. I will say this. It's, it's tough coming from you know you're you're coming from. Tr- look at look at the look at the tra- look at the trail that's been left last few. You go from Deshaun Watson, one of the best Clemson quarterbacks we've ever seen, to Trevor Lawrence. One of the best Clemson quarterbacks we've ever seen to DJ Ukulele. Now, again, it's still early, but it's not looking. He is having a tough time moving the ball down the field. And it's not just that. A lot of people don't really understand how important Travis uh, Travis Etienne was for that team. You're starting to see. Travis Etienne was huge for this team. Yes, Trevor Lawrence was Trevor Lawrence, but Travis Etienne was major for Clemson. Clemson... Clemson, while they're ranked 25th right now, I'm su- I'm surprised that they're ranked. And looking at their schedule, because they have a tough time moving the ball, I don't. It's going to be tough to. I mean, even though it's, it's blasphemy to say, there's a good shot that Boston College beats Clemson. I think that the Clemson that we're used to we're, is 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 done. I understand Clemson, their defense is still okay. I mean, their defense is still their defense. But the Clemson that we clearly won't see Clemson making it to the, the final four this year. But the Clemson that you always go into, or a Dabble Sweeney Clemson that you always expect to go into a season having championship aspirations, I don't think we're seeing that again. Because of a lot of people that left and because of the people that they have. Not saying that DJ Ukulele is bad or anything, but he's not, at least he hasn't seemed to be able to, uh, seem to be able to carry an offense like a Deshaun Watson, like a Trevor Lawrence, even like a Travis Etienne. So, 
that's the that's the probably the the biggest two takeaways I have right now is Cle, Cle, the Clemson that we're used to is done um, in college football and Georgia is beating they just beat Vanderbilt what sixty two to zero now I know it's Vanderbilt but Clemson I mean Georgia ain't playing no games with nobody I would not be surprised that Georgia Alabama game might be one of the biggest games in college football history. That's that's what is is looking like. So that's some college football talk for you. It's moving on. Uh the WNBA playoffs are still underway. Um I was shouts out to the Phoenix Mercury and shouts out to uh, Chicago Sky for beating Minnesota Lynx and the Seattle Storm to make it to the semifinals now. Uh and it goes back to I mean, you've heard my gripes with the one-game elimination. Uh, Seattle and Phoenix, that was a great game. That went to overtime. Uh, I know that I think Seattle went on like a 15-0, a 15-0, um, 15-0 run. Like, Jewel Lloyd was playing incredible. Sue Bird was playing incredible. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been trying to retire Sue Bird and Dan Trossi for a minute. After the game, they did the jersey, um, jersey exchange. And you're seeing a whole bunch of if this is Sue Bird's last game type, which it could be. I mean, she is a veteran in the game. She's been there for a minute. And, of course, she even alluded to this could be her last year. Uh, but, again, the single game elimination jump, just it just doesn't sit right with me, seeing as though and I understand injuries are part of the game, but Brianna Stewart didn't play. Like, she was, she was nursing an injury. So I think the game would have went a lot different if Brianna Stewart played. But that does not take away from – uh, how good that the game was and and you know it it was good Skylar Diggins looked really good um Br- uh Brittany Grinder looked really good Diana Taurasi came back she looked really good so shout out to Phoenix now they're they're gonna go up against the now this is a best of five series at this point and they're gonna going up against the Las Vegas Aces and for the Chicago Skyman, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the whole um, rest versus being hot. You pick a Chicago Sky team that was on fire after being Dallas, and you you play, you know, Minnesota. See, the thing about Minnesota is Minnesota is a really good defensive team. They were really good defensively the entire year. The problem is with Minnesota is they can go through offensive droughts, uh, even with uh, nefarious, even with some of the players that they have, they can go through offensive droughts, and that's kind of what you saw. On, that's what you saw against the sky. Like there was drought, there was times in games where they couldn't really score. Now, when they did score, they picked it up, and and uh, yeah, they they uh. <sighs> And and that's the thing, man. When 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 the, when they score, they are they just let it jump fly. Um, Ariel Powers starts scoring, and and but but again, there are times when when they have a real tough time scoring. I mean, if you think about it, like here, um, Kayla McBride, she 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 played well. She had nineteen points. Um, Sylvia Fowles had seventeen. Ariel Powers, like I said, at 24. Outside of that, those were the only three players that scored in double digits. The next best player was Nefarious Collier, with had, who had eight. So only three players in double digits. For the Chicago Sky, Kayla Cooper had 16. 
Um, Azil Stevens had uh, 15. Aleli Quelly had 11. Courtney Vandersloot, who was huge, she had 19. And, of course, Diamond Shields had had 14. So, you know, and, and I didn't even mention their best player, who is Candace Parker. She only had eight. So, yeah, man, it's... It's it's tough, man. It's it's tough when you're going up against a team that is is firing on all cylinders. So, especially after just playing um just playing the Dallas the Dallas Wing. So now the semifinals is the Connecticut uh Sun against the Chicago Sky and the LA or Las Vegas Aces and the Phoenix Mercury. I'm going to predict that the Chicago Sky uh no, I'm going to predict that the Connecticut Sun win uh this series. I mean, you have the best player on the floor uh in in Jaquel Jones and Dewana Bonner has been incredible. I just I just think that the Brianna Jones has has been really good. I just I just think that uh the the Connecticut Sun have the best team. Uh, in that series, again, Vander Sloot's really good. Candace Parker's really good. Diamond the Shields are really good. But I just think, as a team aspect, uh, it's going to be to me. It's tough beating. Um, at least it's tough for Chicago to beat the um, the Sun in in three games, and for the the Las Vegas Aces and Phoenix Mercury. I know Phoenix is on a roll right now, and I think this is going to be a very competitive series. Uh, but I think that the, I mean, I already, I predicted that the Las Vegas Aces were going to win the WNBA championship, so I think that they're going to beat Phoenix Mercury. I just think that Aja Wilson is playing really well. Uh, Chelsea Gray is playing really well. Uh, Brent, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Liz Cambage is playing really well. I just, I, I, I just think that that's going to be a little too much. Even though that the, the Phoenix Mercury do, in my opinion, match up really well with the Vegas Aces, I, I just, I, I just got the Aces. So, uh, I, yeah, that's 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 what I got. Uh, also, shouts out to uh, Sylvia Fowles, winning Defensive Player of the Year. She well deserved, well deserved. She she will go down as one of the greatest. Uh, players in WNBA history and definitely when we talk about defense one of the best defenders in WNBA history so shouts out to her shouts out to Brianna Jones uh Maryland product actually well I don't know if she's born in Maryland but I know she went to University of Maryland so shouts out to her for winning most improved player she went from like 11 points a game to 14 uh five rebounds like seven or eight shouts out to she she was she's a big reason why the Connecticut Sun are not only the number one overall seed, but has a chance to uh, win it all. And but of course, you have John Quill Jones, and shouts out to John Quill Jones for winning the MVP. It's John Quill Jones. She she she's been incredible all year. I think that I remember saying throughout the year that I think it was going to be between her and. Tina Charles, seeing as though the historic feat that Tina Charles did this year, I think the highest scoring or having the single highest scoring season in, in WNBA history as far as averages. Uh, but, of course, Washington didn't win enough. 
But Jaquel Jones is good. I think she averaged like 19 points a game. I think like 11 rebounds or something like that. Like that's she, she was she was great and is definitely well deserved. Um, and and I'm excited to see how Connecticut. I know the first game was last night or first game for both series was last night, but I'm ex- I'm excited to see what what the series holds uh, for both Connecticut Sun and the Chicago Sky and Las Vegas Aces and Phoenix Mercury. So, But shouts out again to Sylvia Fowles uh, for winning Defensive Player of the Year, Brianna Jones for winning Most Improved Player, and uh, John Quell Jones for winning MVP. Well-deserved. So moving forward, the NBA, NBA Media Day is back, and the – so the biggest question at hand, of course, uh, when we talk about what players coming back is vaccines. Uh, the two biggest, I guess, stories coming out of Media Day or going into Media or whatever was Andrew Wiggins and um, and Kyrie Irving. So Andrew Wiggins is, I guess, refusing to get um, the vaccine, and because of that. He won't be able to play home games uh, if he's not vaccinated. Same thing as Kyrie Irving. He, I don't know if, I know he hasn't gotten the vaccine and I don't know if he will, but until that, he's unable to play in home games for Brooklyn because you have to be vaccinated to play. Uh, The league is in a tough spot, man. I'm not here saying, you know, I'm not here saying someone has to get vaccinated. I'm not here saying someone doesn't have to get vaccinated. I think you need to make, you know, whatever you want to do, you do. I, I think that uh, it's, 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 your, it's your body. You know, you put what you want to put in your body. I'm not here saying, yo, get the vaccine. I, I, the, I think the, the, the theme of the, the theme of this whole vaccine is quote unquote, do your own research, which I don't know what, I, if, if, if medical people are saying, get it, I don't know what your own research is doing, but Hey, I'm not here saying some people are right. I'm not here saying some people are wrong. What I am saying is this. The league is in a tough spot because you can't make, unless you do mandates, you can't make a player, uh, you can't make a player get vaccinated. Hell, we learned that Bradley Bill's not vaccinated. And this is the same Bradley Bill and the same COVID that cost him a, a, a gold medal in the Olympics. And he's still not vaccinated. Again, I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is people are going to do what they want to do. And the and unless you do mandates, the league is in a tough spot because you can't make a player like Kyrie Irving. You can't make a player like uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins. You can't make a player like Bradley Bill, who are all very important. Now, of course, some more important than others, but all very important for their teams. You can't make them get vaccinated. So the league is in a tough spot, man, and and – I understand that this is that's of course almost every media day that we've seen is is always been it's been a vaccine question uh but and I think that that's going to be even though I think it's going to play a huge part in the season as who is available who's not um and and you know but again I don't think that we should we should shun people that's not getting vaccinated uh, you can feel how you feel about vaccination some people clearly feel a lot stronger than others uh, on one way or another with it i just think that you know you you make a decision i'm vaccinated clearly but i'm not judging somebody that's, that's not vaccinated y- you make a decision it's your body but i do think that 
with you making that decision, you also have to make what comes or you also have accepted what comes with it. And for some NBA players, you're not able to play home games. Now, that will definitely drastically affect your not only salary, but affect your availability because, again, Andrew, let's just speak for Andrew, let's just speak for Andrew Wiggins. The Warriors need like you can't just go for you can't just not play forty one games because you're not vaccinated. So I don't know what's gonna happen there. Same as Kyrie, like they the the Golden State War. I'm not going to say Warriors. The Brooklyn Nets need Kyrie Irving to even though you have KD, even though you have James Harden, you have Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap. They need. Uh, they did just get um, um, Patty Mills, which is big. They need Kyrie Irving to win a championship. If if any of the big three is not healthy come playoff time, they. Which, by the way, if 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 Kyrie decides not to get vaccinated, you can't play in the playoffs in home games. So this is the the league is in a weird spot, man. And and. Again, if you're if you will get vaccinated, not get vaccinated, that's up to that's the discretion of other people. Like, I mean, that's discretion of yourself. You're going to do what you want to do. I'm all for people doing, you know, do what's best for you. I get it. But again, the league is in a tough spot because you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. And this also will affect can affect the status of, of availability for some players. So. It's, it, you know another another big uh another big thing that we're getting out of media day is of course the whole philadelphia situation you're starting to hear of course ben simmons not showing up to media day clearly not showing up to the team saying he's, he's never coming back uh you have doc rivers speaking on it he kind of got chippy with a with a reporter uh joel Embiid coming and said, you know, he's disappointed because Ben Ben Simmons is not there, even though Ben Simmons uh and he said Ben Simmons even you know knows that they can win together. Which is so funny because like reports came out quickly after saying, yo, Ben Simmons is doubling down. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I think that's the funniest. But um yeah man, that saga is is media days here and which means the start of the season is quickly approaching. Uh, you know, September, October, November is always big for sports in general. You have, you know, uh, MLB playoffs. You have NFL still going on. You have basketball coming. You have the WNBA finals. Basketball, I mean, you know, sports in general is 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 usually, especially in October, is starts roaring, roaring pretty fast. So I'm excited. And, of course, media day for the NBA spells, you know, the, the the league is coming and I think that the league and there's a lot of player there's a lot of story it's always a lot of storylines going into the NBA man uh again with the whole vaccine which players will be available which players won't I again I'm not here saying anyone should take the vaccine you put in your body what you want to put in your body you do what you gotta do I will say this though but this whole vaccine thing if you don't want to get the vaccine at least be careful you know, don't don't be living your life like I'm not gonna say live life. Don't be living your life vicariously, knowing that you can not only hurt yourself but hurt young, you know, people around you. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, I'm I'm not here saying you need to take the vaccine. I'm not here saying you don't need to. I'm just saying do what's best for you. But again, there's a lot of storylines that always come out of media day and always going into the season. So I'm excited for that.
And before we go, uh, I just wanted to say shout out to Lewis Hamilton for winning his 100th Formula One race. Uh, Shouts out that he's black. Now he is British, but he's black. And, you know, I, I think this is probably the first time I'm ever on this podcast talking about Formula One. Uh, but he, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton is one of the greatest uh, Formula One racers we've ever seen, and the fact that you know he is he did win a hundred races or his hundredth race, he's ranked he's been ranked uh, number one in Formula Racing for God knows how long. Shouts out to him, definitely well deserved, definitely one of the best uh, Formula racers ever, uh, and and. I didn't want to end this without giving him his props. So shout out, shouts out to Lewis Hamilton again for winning his 100th race. So, and there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, uh, sweatshirt, long sleeve, uh, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Click on the design, click on the color, click checkout, do what you got to do. Hey, go get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers. Come comment, you know, go watch past clips, go watch past episodes. Let me know what you think. Let me, you know, I, I, I like talking to my, or I like talking to my fans or talking to, uh, people that want to engage or, or have a different opinion about something that I said, go to past, like I said, episodes, leave it in the comments. We'll talk about it. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love.
Though it's wrong, I 